Welcome to Heavily Meditated, a podcast celebrating human potential. Meditations, interviews, tools, trainings, and more designed to take you higher. Let's raise the collective consciousness together. All right, let's get going. Let's do it. All right, so hello, take two. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Heavily Meditative Podcast. I'm Scott Roberts, the co-founder and the host of the Heavily Meditative Podcast. Um, we started this uh, podcast as a way to share uh, what we've learned about the importance of maximizing our limitless potential through the practice of meditation and using our mind as a tool uh, you know, for success. We also want to share people who inspire us with the world and give them a platform to share their wisdom um, and the work they do to make the world a better place. Um, as always, thank you so much for your presence today and for being here. I'm glad you're all here because today I'm interviewing Devin Burke. Uh, Devin is a sought-after international and TEDx speaker. He's sleep expert and coach who teaches people the importance of quality sleep. Um, in creating a routine to really maximize their performance. Uh, Devin is also an author. He's written an amazing book um, titled The Sleep Advantage, Optimize Your Night to Conquer Your Day. And I absolutely love that title because it truly does touch on just how important sleep is to being able to maximize what we're able to do during the finite period of time that we have each day. So you know, if you know anything about human performance and anything about here is heavily meditated, you know just how important we know it is to maximize your potential every day. Um, and you know how important it is to have a state of optimal health, both physically and mentally. Um, and if you wanna do that, the importance of quality sleep in that formula cannot be emphasized enough. So super excited to have you on today, Devin. Thank you so much and welcome to the podcast. Uh, Scott, glad to be here. I'm excited to uh to open up this conversation and, and share a little bit about some of the things that I've learned to that's, that personally helped me and helped a lot of people that I work with. So I'm, I'm uh, yeah. gracious that you invited me on here. Glad to have you. It's an honor. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, so yeah, let's, you know, just start with a little bit of background. You know, I always joke with everybody when I'm doing interviews or whenever I'm asking questions, just, you know, start at birth and move quickly forward. And just let us know who you are, where you got to where you. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you. I'll give you that the the quick version. Um, so, really, for me, it's it's this uh, what I'm doing now with sleep and helping people that have chronic insomnia and helping high performers optimize their sleep. Really started. Uh, I had a ten years ago a spiritual experience in the jungle of Costa Rica. I was uh, I was on track to become a doctor of physical therapy. And um, I went on this trip to Costa Rica, had, a, had an experience, let's just put it that way, that opened my eyes up to um, new possibility. And then that kind of was solidified. I was, before jumping into this doctoral program, I went on this backpack trip through Europe, gave me some time to really think about what it is I want, who I am, those bigger existential questions that we all should be asking. Uh, and I realized that, you know, I felt like I had a lot more to give. And um, that led me into becoming a health coach and helping people in many different ways with many different health problems over uh, you know, a number of years, which then evolved to really focusing on helping high performers and, and studying mindset performance and 
and one of my clients had issues with, with sleep and he asked me, Hey, can you help me? I'm having a real problem here. Didn't really at that point know too much about sleep, despite having studied health and performance for literally over a decade, didn't ever dive into sleep. It was kind of like, just wasn't on my radar. I slept really well every night. So I was like, you know, um, and so through that process of, of learning more about sleep to try to help this client, the more I got interested in it, the more it opened my eyes to how important it is. And I just went down the rabbit hole and then it just, it's, it's, it's one of those things that obviously there's a lot of things that you could go down a rabbit hole in. But for me, the further down the rabbit hole I went, the more I realized how important and powerful sleep is and how big of a problem it is for so many people and how poor the solutions are for, for people that, you know, that have real challenges with their sleep, like sleeping pills and the the side effects. Um, so that really, that kind of is the quick version of the story, but that's what leads me up to right now being able to support people that have chronic insomnia for sometimes decades and think they've tried everything to really help them move into a place of uh, being able to sleep and being able to gain their life back. Yeah. Well, and you know, you, you, you touched on how so many people deal with problems with sleep, with drugs and other things to help them get to sleep. And I, I, I definitely want to touch on that. I want to go into that, but I'm, I'm, I'm just curious, like how, how do you feel like sleep really affects people's ability to deal with stress. And the reason I bring that up is because of our current climate of things that is going on right now with, you know, this major flux in the world, um, the energy that we're all feeling and how things are changing with racism, sexism, also with, you know, the pandemic. You know some of my feelings on that. We won't get into too much of that. That's a whole other podcast. But either way, yeah, just you know, curious, um, definitely about you know how you think uh, sleep really helps people with stress management. And then I really do want to hear some more about you know the whole problem with people and sleep pills and that sort of thing as well. Yeah. So so let's let's start with you know sleep sleep and and stress are like brother and sister almost. I mean it's so they're bi-directionally linked. And this is what becomes most people have sleep issues with their sleep. Really, it stems from stress and not being able to effectively deal with the stress, um, not knowing how to deal with it in healthier ways or, or knowing even where to start or how to get the support they need. So, so, you know, the interesting thing is the more stress you experience, the worse your sleep gets. Mm-hmm. The worse your sleep gets, the more stress you experience. So it's kind of like the chicken or the egg. Um, and so what, what I find is people get stuck in this cycle and, you know, I help a lot of people that have insomnia and insomnia is a little bit different out. You know, it's like people actually have stress about their sleep. They have anxiety about their sleep and then it becomes really this vicious cycle of, um, worrying about sleep so much that you can't sleep. And then it just, it cascades. You know, for the average person that doesn't have insomnia, but maybe has a child, you know, a little bit of difficulty sleeping, it is absolutely uh, stemming from, from just stress in general, yeah. um, not putting in place habits, rituals, routines uh, throughout the day that then kind of blur into the night and, and then, you know, cause issues, either trouble falling asleep or staying asleep or just not waking up 
feeling refreshed, meaning that you didn't get deep quality sleep, because it's not just about the hours that you sleep, it's about the quality of those hours. And we can, we can riff on that if you want, but, yeah. but really it's, you can't talk about s sleep without talking about stress. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. And let's, yeah, let's touch on that, you know, about the, 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 the quality of your sleep being so important. You know, I think people really fixate on how many hours of sleep they're going to get or how few hours they're going to get, but you know, that seems to be their main focus and they figure, all right, well, you know, as long as I dedicate eight hours to being in bed, I'm good to go. But definitely would, you know, love to hear more about like the quality of sleep being so important. Yeah, so let's start with just a little bit of sleep science, not to get like too in the weeds here, but you know, we go through every night through different stages of sleep. And so really there's four stages of sleep. Um, the, but the ones that we want to focus on are the quality, the deep sleep, which is delta sleep and REM sleep, which you can think of as dream sleep. Right. And so every 90 to 110 minutes, we go through a cycle of sleep. And what happens is different parts of the night are when we experience, most people experience quality sleep. So the first quarter of the night is when we experience most of our delta sleep or our deep sleep. And that's the, the refreshing body restorative healing um, sleep. That's when you're, you know, your, your blood pressure drops. That's when you really, your body, all the cells come out, all, all the, um, I call it like the, the, the bad cells get cleared out of your body, right? The cancerous cells, all the toxins, that's really the first quarter of the night. And that happens generally from 10 p.m. to 2 p.m. for most people. So that's like the money sleep hours for deep sleep, for hormone optimization, like growth, human growth hormone and testosterone and, you know, really important part of the night. And then on the fourth quarter of the night or the last quarter of the night, that's when all the juicy REM happens. And that's where we're dreaming. That's when, you know, we're working out the emotional traumas of the day. That's when, you know, our lymphatic system, which is what clears out the plaque that builds up on our brains activated. That's so many different things are happening from a mental standpoint in that stage. And the interesting thing is, Scott, most people, because they don't really know this, they they go to bed too late because they're watching Netflix or they can't seem to sleep because they're not managing their stress. So they're missing out on that deep sleep. And then they get, they have to get up too early because they have to go to work or just because they haven't prioritized, you know, their schedule or whatever it is. So they're missing out on the REM sleep. So we see now that there is a pandemic of sleeplessness, sleep deprivation of people that, are sleep deprived, not because they're maybe not getting enough hours of sleep, but because they're not getting quality sleep because they're not prioritizing, you know, those two important, um, ends, if you will, of a sleep window, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's, yeah. So I, I know this is always a, you know, a bit of a loaded question. Um, is there an optimal time that it's good to go to bed and to wake up and is there an optimal amount of hours or is that very subjective to each individual? Yeah. So great question. And, and it is very subjective, but there's something called your chronotype or your you know, natural body rhythm. Mm -hmm. And depending on your genetics, you're going to have a certain biological clock or chronotype. And so everyone's chronotypes a little bit different. 
And Dr. Michael Bruce is like the leading expert on this. He's written a book called The Power of When that goes into this in, in great detail. Um, but, you know, the morning lark, right, or, or night owl, right, that's what most people are familiar with. That's chronobiology. So knowing your chronotype is, is a good place to start. And, you know, as far as hours go, really the range from the National Sleep Foundation is, is between seven and nine hours. So that's, that's a pretty big range, right? So you know, that's a two hour range. Um, but we, what we find is the average, as far as looking at how much time most people are getting, it's less than seven hours. So we know that most people are not getting enough sleep. Um, now, how much is right for you? That's, that's really where you have to do a little bit of experimentation. And it depends on a lot of factors. It depends on your genetics, like I mentioned, it depends on how hard you're training your body depends on your, your environment, depends on how much stress you're experiencing. So there's a lot of factors that dictate how much sleep we need. And that depends on, again, what's going on in your life. And I like to say sleep is a really a beautiful reflection of life. So if your life is in order, if your life is peaceful and balanced and you're, you know, you're, you're doing things to release stress, you're probably not going to have a tr trouble sleeping. If that's not the case for you, for whatever reason, most likely that's going to show up in your sleep. And if we were measuring your sleep, we'd be able to see that either you're, you, you wake up too, too frequently or you don't get enough sleep or you have a hard time falling asleep, which in sleep science we call sleep latency. Um, so usually when I, when I look at somebody's sleep data, and we could talk about measuring sleep because you can't manage it, you don't measure I'm able to see, okay, well, yeah, this is, there's obviously some, some challenges here. And then when we get into it, we can see, oh yeah, okay, well, this is why. All right. And, um, so it's, it's a loaded question, but long winded answer here. It's, it's really unique to the individual. Yeah, that's great. Well, well, and you know, I, you know, I often think about, uh, you know, the analogy of, of, of kind of thinking of ourselves as like computers in that, we basically have two ways that we can operate. We can operate off of battery power. We can operate off of being plugged in, right? And and if you if you use your computer all the time on the battery and the battery starts to wear out and the power starts to go and you never plug it back in, it never gets rebooted, you don't have that opportunity to, to update the system. You don't have the opportunity to mm -hmm. upgrade your software and all that. And so eventually things will just start to slow down and you won't notice it right away, but then suddenly one day you just notice nothing works the way that it should. And now you're in like, uh oh, system shut down, little angry face pops up on your screen. <laughs> suddenly everything is no longer working. So I, you know, I'd, you know, I'd love to hear kind of like, um, you know, how, how lack of sleep can really affect people's overall health and performance. Yeah, and that, I love that analogy, first off, because it's so true. And that's one of the big challenges with sleep. It's people become so used to being sleep-deprived mm -hmm. and so used to not getting enough sleep or enough quality sleep that that becomes their, their normal. So they don't know any different, and they think that how they feel energetically, creatively is like how they're supposed to feel. But in, in reality, if they really were to focus on optimizing their sleep, they would be able to conquer the day at a greater efficiency, with greater ease, with more creativity, with more flow, with more peace, with more joy, with more presence. 
but you wouldn't know that unless you really started to focus on, you know, optim, you know, giving yourself enough sleep and then optimizing the hours that you are asleep. And so that's really important to, and I love the analogy you gave because that's, that's very much so true. Um, and how, you know, how sleep affects our, our daytime performance. I actually did a TEDx talk on this, uh, where I took 20 high performers and we, we took them through a case study program. And we looked at how focusing on quality sleep, how that impacted their daytime energy, how it impacted their emotional health and how it impacted their energy. And what was interesting was that on the nights that the participants got higher quality sleep because they were implementing a practice, um, you know, a simple practice very, very often, they reported that they absolutely had more energy. They were more emotionally stable. They made better decisions and it was just a better day. And so it's really interesting that, you know, it's something that we are culturally programmed to view as something that doesn't matter. You know, you snooze, you lose, uh, right? Or I'll sleep when I'm dead. These are all common phrases that we've been programmed in society to, to think like sleep is a weak habit of low performers. It's not something that, you know, we should be doing. And if we do it, we're lazy, <laughs> right? So there's right. all tags and stories um, around sleep that really need to be challenged and really need to be looked at because, and now they are with the science and with, you know, being able to track sleep and with amazing devices like the Aura Ring, which is an awesome technology that I leverage. Um, but it really does make a difference. I mean, cognitive performance, being able to make decisions, this is the big one. And uh, Jeff Bezos was asked what the secret was to his success. He said sleep because he's better able to make decisions because he knows when he's sleep deprived, the prefrontal cortex, the part of the brain that's responsible for executive functioning, making decisions, that gets diminished when you don't get quality sleep or enough sleep. And just like if you were to drink a couple of whiskeys or tequilas the night before and that prefrontal cortex gets a little hazy, same thing with sleep deprivation. Yeah. You know? Well, well, you know, and I think probably everybody listening has probably had an experience to where they woke up, didn't get enough sleep, or maybe they, you know, had a little too too few drinks the night before, <laughs> whatever. But you know, they, they they've probably had that experience to where all day they just feel kind of low energy, cloudy, don't feel like they can really make really good decisions. And yeah, you know, you can see how not getting quality sleep can really just totally snowball into affecting every aspect of your life throughout the day. And, and you know, can even kind of do that over a longer period of time as, you know, you know, as well. And how yeah. Big time. I mean, I talk to people every week from around the country that have challenges sleeping and the stuff that they tell me it's, it's devastating, you know, businesses ending, relationships ending, um, you know, health, major health issues, uh, all linked because they, they, they rather had chronic insomnia and they wouldn't work able to figure it out or just, you know, they, they just don't have the energy. There's some interesting studies, Scott, actually on relationships and sleep deprivation. And it really does. I mean, it's your mood, you know, think about, I know when I don't get optimal sleep, when I don't get enough sleep for whatever reason, uh, and I do have those nights, I am not 
as vibrant. I am not as present. I am a little bit more on edge, a little bit more irritable, which what does that lead to generally in a relationship? It leads to some, some, uh, some friction, right? Um, and so it really, again, like this is, this is, we're just opening this up to like how really important sleep is. It's like, we're not, maybe, you know, most people don't think, oh, I didn't sleep well. That's maybe why I got in a fight with my wife or my coworker. But oftentimes it is. I mean, think about the last time you made a mistake for the listeners. Think about the last time you made a mistake. I bet you it was because you were sleep deprived. It was because you were tired. It was because you were burning the candle or you were pushing it too hard. And, you know, you you make mistakes. You make more mistakes. And it's not just an opinion. That's a fact. (laughs) Um, So it's it's important. Sleep is, is really, really important. Yeah, I've, I've seen the studies showing that it, you know, it can be even more dangerous to like drive sleepy than it can be to drive drunk, you know, and, you know, that's been something that's kind of got attention, but, you know, um, so many times, like, you know, we've, we've, we've seen commercials joking how people get hangry. I think everybody knows just how like low blood sugar can affect their irritability, but but I don't think it's as common for people to think of sleep that way that it really can have that same effect and how it can really affect, <laughs> you know, what yeah. you do with other people and your mood. So, yeah. And speaking of insulin, I mean, they've done studies that show that when you, even after just one night of bad sleep, it throws off your insulin, which leads, which is why another reason why you feel so cranky and on edge is because literally when you, if you're chronically sleep deprived, they've, they've done studies that show that you're, you know, even if you were, have no history of diabetes or, and you eat a clean, healthy diet, that you're, you could be considered pre-diabetic because of the impact it has on in, the hormone insulin. I mean, that's how important it is. And that's how big of an impact it can have on your physiology, yeah. um, which is, which is fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I hope everybody that's listening really, really you know, soaks that in and then, you know, hears that, that, I mean, sleep is so, so important to everything that we do, especially if we're looking to maximize, you know, our performance. And, you know, if you're not really thinking about that aspect and you're neglecting that part of your life, you're really leaving, you know, a lot on the table that, you know, you, you could be doing to maximize your time and maximize your potential. So, yeah, that's that's huge. Well, um, well, I well, I wanted to ask you, Devin, if if there are particular you know uh, tools that you use, um, particular practices that you use uh, to help with sleep and to help your clients get better sleep. And obviously, we hear it heavily meditated. You know, focus a lot on meditation. Is that something that you recommend and could be part of a routine for helping people sleep better? Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, meditation is game changing uh, for, for sleep. And, you know, again, there's, so I like to always do a little disclaimer there. The, some of the information I'm going to share is, is for, is not for insomniacs. So I have to say that because what happened there is, again, if you have insomnia, if you have, if you're have anxiety and stress about sleep, some of what I'm about to share isn't actually right for you. Um, so I just want to say that, but meditation matter if you're insomniac or if you just are looking to optimize your, your performance across the board is a good idea. Um, and it's, you know, it's so, so important to have some sort of consistent practice, whether it be 
meditation or breath work or some some type of practice that allows you to be more conscious of your your thoughts right more conscious of your body and connect to something that's uh, outside of yourself so that I, I believe meditation hands down is is essential it's like one of the essential practices just like brushing your teeth or taking a shower that everyone needs to be doing and if you're not doing it you're missing out um, and there are, there are studies that show how mindfulness um, can help improve not just uh, quantity of sleep, but quality of sleep. So, so that is absolutely um, a, a huge component of meditation. Now, there's a lot of different practices like sleep hygiene practices. Uh, again, these are some of the things that actually for, for insomniacs uh, can actually make it worse because they're hyper-focused on trying to force and control sleep which actually keeps them stuck in this insomniac's paradox. But things like, you know, not having uh, screens, the blue light from screens, blunts melatonin production, melatonin is the sleep hormone. So getting off your devices late at night, really important. Or wearing blue light blocking glasses like these um, is, is a good idea. Making sure that you have a buffer between your day and your bed, I call it a bed buffer. So not taking the day into the night, having a clean, clear cut practice, which is especially important now because people are working from home. So that tends to blend. People are actually working more because they're working from home. So, you know, making sure you have a pra transition practice from your day, the very least from the end of your day to the start of your night, really important. Um, you know, having breaks throughout the day where you're taking some time to just recover and recharge the battery versus draining the battery so that it's all the way drained and then and then getting to the end of the day and having all this pressure and tension and stress build up in your mind body system and then laying your head on the pillow and expecting like you know that it's just going to be like that you're going to shut your mind off and your body's going to be relaxed that's not how it works so having a ritual routine to wind the mind body down could be meditation could be stretching could be exercise could be reading could be having sex with your partner, could be um, you know, taking a bath, some sort of practice that grounds the energy and releases the tension pressure valve that builds up in our mind-body system throughout the day. And uh, that's a huge, I mean, those, those simple practices done consistently make a huge difference, a massive difference. Some other things, not eating too close to bedtime because oh. That'll interfere with deep sleep or delta sleep. Now I have a challenge with this. Um, you know, it's so having a bigger window from the last meal of the day, also known as dinner for most people, will allow your body to drop into delta sleep more effectively. And that's hard for people that you know like to have a snack at night or are not so structured with their day or whatever, or their, or their meal times. Yep. Um, but studies show that, it, and it absolutely from personal experience and the studies that I've uh, conducted and also this others, it makes a difference because your body's diverting energy to digest the food versus clean up the cells, which is what it's supposed to be doing during that important delta sleep time. Um, so those are a few things that people can be mindful of. Um, I could keep going, but I want to, you know, <laughs> that's, 
Oh, Good start. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we can yeah we can go as far as you want to into anything. It's great. That's what we're here for, just to share as much information as we can with people. And you know, I you know I heard you say that you know the routine is is very important. That's something that comes up a lot whenever I talk to people about anything to do with maximizing their performance to to really getting into their true potential. It's always about the importance of routine and the importance of scheduling everything. And so yeah, you know, maybe you can touch more on that and, and, and like some of the more practices that they can work into their routine. Yeah. So one of the, I mean, it's, it's such a simple thing, but it's, it takes, it does take discipline is having some white space in your day. Um, you know, for me, I'll just share my practices after I eat lunch, I go for a walk, um, in between calls or, you know, meetings or whatever I'm doing, coaching calls, I have a little bit of a space. Where I can go outside and jump on my trampoline, take a couple breaths, you know, clear out some of that energy. Um, so something like that is really powerful throughout, spread throughout your day and, and planning for those breaks, the white space, not get jumping on your phone right away after you get off a call or a meeting, like giving your body a chance to like um, cool off. Like if, you know, like the computer analogy, if you feel your computer after you're on it, you have a bunch of browsers open, it gets hot. I mean, that's energy. And the same thing happens in our body. So allowing yourself to cool off throughout the day is powerful because then you don't have so much to cool off at night. It, there's, a, there's less. So that's a simple practice. Um, you know, like I said, closing your day out. So having some way, whether it's shutting your laptop off and putting it you know, in a drawer somewhere or whether it's you know, journaling out the things, the accomplishments that you did that day and then you know, going through and thinking, okay, what are the things I need to do tomorrow? Let me write those down so I don't bring that to bed with me is a big um, help. It's, it's, it's very helpful. Um, you know, again, scheduling dinner. And for me, to make it easier, I use a service called, um, it's called Sunbasket, mm -hmm. where they ship me these meals, these organic meals. And um, it makes it just so much easier. It's one less thing I have to think about. Yes, you do have to make them. Uh, it's, you know, but it, they give you all the ingredients, everything's portioned out and you just put it together and it's, it makes it a little bit easier to stay consistent with mealtimes and, and a healthy diet. Um, so those are some, some things, uh, you know, as far as when you're in bed, taking some time just to surrender to the bed, you know, breathing into your, in your diaphragm, getting back into that rest and digest. You know, um, thinking about things that you're grateful for during the day, shifting into gratitude, you know, those simple little routines, those practices and habits that you can get into if you're intentional with your uh, time and with your attention, make a big difference. Um, it's, it really does make a huge difference when done consistently. Keyword, consistently. Most people don't are not consistent and then some people do, do something that's even worse than not being consistent they're not consistent and then they beat themselves up about not being consistent so you know realizing that creating habits does take time and it does take focus and and realizing that it's never about perfection it's always about progress is uh is really important to state um so those are those are just a few things yeah yeah that's great well and you you had you talked a little bit about, you know, energy and how you have to shift that energy, you know, and, and 
kind of make that switch in your system to, to calming yourself down and, you know, getting ready for sleep. And, you know, it makes me think of, you know, how we've talked about, um, you know, in the past on uh, some of our podcasts about the different forms of meditation. And I think mm. so often people think that, well, okay, if I'm really anxious and I'm really stressed out, then I need to do meditation. So I need to go straight from this super high alpha, maybe even beta brainwave state, really agitated. And I just need to sit down and be quiet for an hour. <laughs> the hardest thing you'll ever try to do is go straight from that fight or flight, stressed out mode, then just sit down and be quiet. We always tell people, do a moving meditation, move that energy, do a high active practice that essentially wears your body out enough, changes that energy so that your brain waves then get really calm and really slow. Then that's when you can shift towards doing your nighttime meditation, lying down, getting closer into getting into optimal lower brainwave state. So yeah, I think- Great advice. Who perfect. Yeah, what you said. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that. I mean, that's, that's phenomenal uh, perspective and, and coaching. I think it's, it's really important. And, and not, you know, speaking of the forms of meditation, you know, there's not one right form. There, you know, there's so many different types of meditations. Some, I know you explore on this podcast, but, you know, trying out a few and seeing which ones resonate with you. It's, um, it's like, you know, until you find something that works. And I think this is something that a lot of people don't talk about. And I'm really, uh, you know, a component of sharing this because I think people, when we're talking about meditation, a lot of times people, they're doing it because they don't want to feel a certain way. Right. And really this, you know, if you try to go from what you just said, like super stressed, like meditating, you know, the first step to mastering stress is feeling it and is allowing yourself to feel it and be okay with feeling it, even if it doesn't feel good. And, you know, it took me a while to learn that. Um, and it's so important. Like, I think we tell ourselves the story that, you know, we can't feel negative or we, we you know, we can't feel stressed. It's like, no, that's normal. Like, you know, you got to feel it. And then, and then you can decide to do something about it. Don't skip the feeling part because if you do, you're, you're, you're missing, you're missing the point. Um, you know, it's, it's about really being understanding that it's, it's just a form of emotions or just energy in the body and they're going to come, they're going to go and it's okay to, you know, be a little negative or down or sad or stressed or whatever. That's, that's just, that's just feedback. Um, you know, so a lot of times people I think can use meditation almost like medication. And right. in this way, I don't think it's, 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 you know, it's much better than medication by me by far. But if you want to take it to a whole nother level, it's understanding that, okay, sometimes taking that medication too soon meditation is, uh, isn't really, it's, it's a form of distraction or it's a form of escapism, even though it's better escapism, it's a better distraction. Um, so it's, I, I just wanted to bring that up because I think that that gets glossed over a lot when people have conversations about meditating. And I, I, I think it's important to, 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 for people to really hear that and, and, and explore it for themselves. What yeah, do you think? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, it's, I mean, ultimately, if you're not feeling any sort of stress in your life, it's probably because you're not pushing yourself hard enough, <laughs> to do something, you know, right? 
I mean, yeah. it, it's, it's, it's perfectly healthy and normal for all of us to feel some levels of stress. Obviously, when we, when we perceive what could possibly be excitement and opportunity as stress, then that's a different issue. And, you know, we need to learn how to reframe our perception of things in order to, to you know, cut down on the amount of stress that we feel that's not really real stress. It's more a matter right. Um, and just like athletes, you need to stress your body. You need to stress your muscles in order to get results. And then that's where the meditation and the sleep comes in is that you experience that. You put yourself under these loads of stress and tension, and yeah. then you learn how to then recuperate from it. Cause that's, you know, that's a huge thing in the athletic world. You see everybody talk about there's two real huge components of really maximizing your physical performance, you know, for sports and that sort of thing. And it's all about how can you really put yourself under the maximum amount of stress that you can to really tax your body. And then what do you do to recover? Yeah. I mean, sleep is just absolutely crucial component of that. And that's, yeah, that's why Love having you on today and wanted to, you know, learn everything we can about this. Yeah, and you know, speaking of professional athletes, you know, the top, literally, the top athletes in the world. Like, I'm talking LeBron James. I'm talking Cristiano Ronaldo. I'm talking, you know, like literally the top in the top, top, top. All these top guys, they are sleep gurus. They focus on it. They get enough of it. They optimize it because they understand what you just said. And it's, um, you know, and also the top executives like Jeff Bezos, Ariana Huffington, Tim Ferriss, um, you know, uh, Facebook guy, I'm forgetting his name, Mark Zuckerberg, you know, all these guys. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they get it and because they know the value of, of sleep and making a decision. So the athletes know about the value of recovering the body and obviously making decisions too, but more so the, the, you know, these top leading executives in the world, Bill Gates, you know, love him or hate him. Um, you know, it's, uh, they get it. And because, because they're smart, they get it. Uh, so wherever you, you know, I think there's always, I'm obsessed with, with learning and I want to learn from the best. And so, you know, if you're seeing the best in sport and the best in business, do something. It's like, Hey, pay attention. There's something here to, to be learned. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to kind of share that. I thought that's, oh, yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's great. Well, you know, and obviously you were, I'm talking about people like, you know, Ariana Huffington and, and it was funny, you know, when you were talking about sleep and your routines of, you know, shutting off your you know electronics and that sort of thing, it makes me think of the story she shared. Um, I actually got to see her live at, and, you know, at this um, event in Denver years ago. And, and she talked about how, she used to just never, you know, value her sleep. She always thought about, you know, sleep the same way you were talking about earlier about how, well, you know, I'll, I'll sleep when I'm dead, you know, sleep, you know, just takes away time for my, you know, day. can't do it. And eventually she ended up having like a complete physical collapse and woke up on the street, you know, just unconscious people, you know, bringing her to because she just, pushed herself all the time. So now she's very much a proponent of getting good sleep and taking care of herself. And I think she even invented some device that, you know, puts your phone to sleep. It's like a little bed. You can put your phone. <laughs> That's cool. 
So yeah, it's, I mean, you, know, you see it over and over all the time, high performers in any area, whether it's sports, whether it's, you know, business, whatever it is, they know how important it is to be able to, to turn their mind off from the day of work and to, and to put themselves to bed and to get, you know, really, really good sleep. So, yeah. yeah it's, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. I mean, then there's a lot to it. Right. But I think it's, it's one of those things that until you experience it, it's not true. And so I hope everyone listening to this really does start to take their, their sleep serious and, and really starts to, you know, try out some of the things, um, you know, simple things that, that, um, we just talked about, um, because it really does, it makes a difference. And, you know, thinking about it and, and, and actually experiencing it two different things. And here, I mean, here's just a common sense, another, just another pillar to support the whole sleep argument here. We're in bed a third of our lives. A third of your entire life is spent in bed. Yeah. So why wouldn't you want to optimize that third? I mean, because it's going to help you live the other, you know, two thirds way better if you do it. And it's like, this is, it's not, you know, it's not rocket science. It just takes a little bit of intention, a little bit of desire, and then, you know, some knowledge, learning, go seeking, getting support to, uh, to implement this, this, some of the practices. Another thing I wanted to share, uh, just a simple practice is keeping your room cold and dark, mm -hmm. really important, you know, uh, cold because our body temperature needs to drop two to three degrees Fahrenheit to induce sleep. So if you sleep in a warm environment, it's, it's not ideal for deep sleep. And they make some really cool devices like the chili pad. Um, there's, there's something called the bed jet yeah. uh, that, that kind of can cool the, your body down. You can get, you know, bamboo sheets, which I recommend. Bamboo sheets changed my life. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't know. I, I was sleeping with cotton sheets for all of my life and up until a couple of years ago. And then when I discovered bamboo sheets game changer. I mean, they're cool. They're, they're soft. Um, but anyway, like, so, so just these simple little things you can, you can do to, uh, you know, just to get a couple degrees of, of, of better sleep can make all the difference. You know, it's, it's, uh, yeah. over time, right. Over time. Yeah. Well, I'm, well, you know, a completely selfish thing. I just hope my wife will actually listen to this and know that I'm not completely insane that I like to keep the house cool at night when I sleep. And she'll know that I'm not completely insane for wanting to cover up the LED lights on some of the, like, you know, the microwave and the oven that are in the house. Mm -hmm. It's like, if they're, if they're too close to me and they're shining on me, then I'm like putting a towel over it. Yeah, like, me too. Uh-huh. And she's like, well, you know, it doesn't matter. Your eyes are closed. How would you, how would you, I'm like, yeah, but there's, there's something about it. Like the light just seems like it wants to keep me awake at night. So. Yeah. And they've actually, Scott, they've done a study that they took a blue light and they put it behind somebody's knee and, uh, or multiple people's knees and it affected the quality of sleep. So not just because wow. our skin is an organ. So our skin is photoreceptive. So it picks up light. And so, you know, it's, you're not crazy. You're definitely uh, super smart for, to do that. Um, light affects us. And so, you know, having a cold, dark room is, is like a, like a cave is going to help with sleep quality. And, you know, that's, that's a good thing to do. Um, you know, cover up those, those, uh, LEDs for sure. I do the same thing. And another kind of 
biohack, sleep hack, if you will, that people might be interested in trying is, um, now this is a little bit on the, the spectrum on the far side here, but I'll, I'll just gonna share it, is taping your mouth shut. Uh, and so, all right. <laughs> well, so no, no, that's something my wife would definitely support. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yeah, I think many, many wives and probably some husbands would, would, would love for their spouses to tape their mouth shut at night. Um, but really nasal breathing, breathing from your nose, mm-hmm. not only will it help with if you have, you know, if you're a snorer, but it really helps with nitrous oxide and, and oxygen and, and really, it's better to filter the air, air quality in your bedroom, um, you know, is important. So having an air filter in your bedroom is a good idea. But just breathing through your nose helps put you in that rest and digest, out of that fight or flight. So if you're a mouth breather, not only probably do you have bad breath and possibly snore, um, you know, it's, you're not getting enough oxygen and it, you know, causes bacteria growth. And, and, and so breathing from your nose, training your body to be breathe from your nose is uh, is a great practice and they make mouth tape you can get medical tape tape your mouth so i mean it's a little extreme the first time that i tried this and my wife saw me she was like what the hell i had like these these like these uh blackout you know shade uh kind of eye mask i had my mouth tape shut i have my my breathe right nose strip on she's like she's like what the heck? like what are you doing? like she was like just dying um but she's got a little used to me with these these crazy experiments um, over the years, and lives. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good, yeah, amazing. Um, but no, it makes it makes a difference. You know, even you know, sex, sex before bed, uh, having having being intimate. Uh, you know, that's an amazing thing to do uh, to have better sleep quality. So it's um, you know, if you're too tired to have sex, you're you're either doing it wrong or you need more sleep. Um, because you know, that's, that's a good practice to, to get into, to, you know, being intimate with your bed partner before bed is, is, uh, is going to help relax you. And, um, so, you know, for all the the husbands and the wives out there, you know, you can say, Hey, this is going to help our sleep. So let's, let's get it on. You know what I mean? So, yeah, well, and I had, you know, I, you know, I shared a little bit about this with you when we were on our trip recently, um, for those of you listening, Devin was also one of the group of men that I went on this amazing trip to Sequoia and Joshua Tree with uh, for 10 days and did all this amazing hiking, cold water plunges, meditation, breath work, learning how to maximize our sleep, learning how to maximize our performance. So yeah, that was good. But you know, on that, you know, on that trip, I shared a little bit about you know the practice that you know my wife Emily and I have you know, come to an understanding of that, you know, we promised ourselves we would always be intimate with each other every day. Um, And again, that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have, you know, full on intercourse every single day, but it does mean that you're always intimate with each other. And a large part of that part of that is always every night before we go to bed, we're always intimate with each other. We're always touching, we're always caressing, we're always putting ourselves in that frame of mind of kind of, you know, what I kind of term of like the softness of being intimate with someone so you know putting yourself in that place and when you do that as you're you know going to bed that definitely slows your brain waves down gets you kind of to flip that switch from okay i'm i'm you know mr ceo husband to i'm mr intimate husband and now i'm ready for bed and it's ready to go you know time to time for sleep 
Yeah, that's a beautiful practice. Yeah, it really does make a difference. Like, you know, even just, they've done studies showing even just hugging for, tw- I think it's like 12 seconds. I think Dr. James might have shared this, but hugging for, for 12, you know, or maybe you did. I don't know. I don't know. I heard this somewhere, but hugging. And you can, I've experimented with this. Me and my, my wife, we have a practice where before we go away or she leaves for work or whatever, we stare each other in the eyes, really get present, look in the eyes, and then we hug each other. We have, we call them designated hug zones. And it sounds really corny, but, you know, we have like, you know, these places around the house where we'll, uh, you know, we, we just, you know, hold each other. I feel her heart and feel her breath and she feels mine. And it's, it really makes such a difference. It makes such a difference. It just, I feel more centered and grounded and calm and you just feel connected to that. I feel connected to her. And um, so that's our intimacy practice. And it's, um, we have an amazing relationship, very blessed. And I feel like that's a big part of it is, is having practices to make sure that you're being intimate, whether it's eye gazing or hugging or cuddling in bed or whatever it is. I think, you know, you know, cultivating more of that in your relationship and in your life, not only is it going to make your life better, it's definitely going to make your sleep better too, which is going to make your life better. So, yeah. um, you know, those are just some simple little practices I think that are, that are really beneficial for, yeah. for just, you know, enjoying life, being, being more, uh, loving and present and energized and relaxed and yeah. what we all want. And that's what it's all about enjoying your life <laughs> yeah exactly we have this one short you know finite life so why not do everything we can to you know to make it the best one possible yeah let's enjoy it let's I, i'm all for that scott I, I it's like let's just squeeze as much of the juice out of this lemon as we can yeah you know? so that's great all right well so i you know i you know i always like to ask uh, the question to you know anybody that I talk to about meditation, but especially our guests when they come on the show, um, is there is there a really interesting or powerful experience that you've had with meditation yourself? Yeah, so so one of the the, the most powerful meditations that I've ever experienced was actually a breath work meditation. I think they, they sometimes they call it rebirthing or circular breathing, and um, yeah, that I had a like a full-on spiritual kind of experience from from that type of breathwork meditation, and um, it was actually it was my first time doing it. And this was uh, probably about I don't know seven or eight years ago, and it was just wild. I mean, like just totally physically and mentally wild. It just totally was incredible, and. Um, and it was, it was interesting, after I had that experience, for the next, I would say, day, everything was just in a different space. Like, something shifted. Um, and it's amazing. It was just from breathing for, like, 90 minutes, really intensely. Um, and that, you know, that type of effort, for me, is not sustainable every day. But, you know, just using the breath in, in that way was a very expansive experience that was very enjoyable for me. So that's, that's my yeah. one of many, but that was definitely probably the one that sticks out the most that, that I had. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. Yeah. Well, okay. So we are coming to the end. I've always got, you know, one last question that I ask everybody, but before I get to that, 
I'm going to do the part where I just thank you so much for being here, not just on the podcast, but everything that you're doing with, you know, teaching people the importance of the quality of sleep and how it can really help every aspect of their life. Um, and just, I think, reminding people how something that we take for granted and we often think of as being something that's taken away from our valuable time is instead probably one of the best investments that we'll ever make. So just thank you for bringing that to the forefront. Thank you for the work that you're doing and just yeah, for you being a genuinely pretty freaking awesome person. So oh, thank you, Scott. I, 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 I appreciate your appreciation and uh, I'll, I'll give it right back to you. I, you know, it's, uh, it's always amazing to connect with uh, other people that are doing the work and, and are really have a bigger vision for themselves and for the world. And I know you, you know, you and Emily definitely um, are of that mind and spirit. So thanks for having me on and um, I'm looking forward to more adventures in, in the future. That was definitely a, a really good reset for me. So um, yeah. I'm looking forward to, to more of that and, uh, and more conversations like this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and you know, I, you know, I always try and tell everybody just how important it is to have a group of people that they can connect with on a regular, consistent basis that just help to kind of fuel each other and build each other up. Um, you know, I was actually, yeah, I was talking to Emily and telling her the story. And I think I shared it with you as well when we were on our trip, but you know, this, this one moment in my life to where when I was skateboarding a lot um, and this whole group of us were together and suddenly we all ended up in the same place at the same time, this big group of us. And the next thing we knew, we were just all like pushing each other to go further and go higher than we ever had before with our skating. And, you know, you see that all the time with athletes, you see it all the time with anybody that, that, that gets together with a group of people that just helps elevate each other and push each other. So if you're listening to this, Go out, get a group of people that you can inspire each other, that you can help, you know, rise up and you know motivate each other. I think it's so crucial. It really is. Yeah, that group flow experience is like uh, is a beautiful thing to tap into, and um, it does take you know it takes effort to find a group, and sometimes it takes an investment, not always monetary, sometimes time, but it's well worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for being part of my group. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and so here we come to our last question, you know, and realizing and knowing that we all have limitless potential and unlimited energy. Um, what does it mean to you to maximize your human potential? Man, that's a, that's a, that's a great question. Maximizing my human potential. Really what it comes down for to me is about more freedom. Free, being free, more free of what others think about me, being more free uh, in, my, in my body, being more free in my mind. So I think from that place uh, of just total freedom, that's, that to me is, is limitless potential right there. It's getting more connected to that and kind of peeling back the layers to connect more to the truth and, um, and just be more free you know, in every way possible. So financially, you know, relationally, personally, um, you know, just being able to just be in an expansive state of gratitude and, and flow. And um, that's what I'm working towards every day. So 
That, that, that is, that's my answer there for that one, Scott. <laughs> Great. Doesn't get any better than that, Devin. <laughs> All right, cool. Fantastic. All right. Well, on that note, we will, we will end it. Um, thank you again so much for, you know, being here, for being present, for being on the, the uh, podcast today. Uh, so excited for us to get to connect more in the future and for our listeners to, you know, be able to connect with you more. So speaking of that, how, how can our listeners find you uh, and how can they you know, work with you and learn more from you? Yeah, so uh, Sleep Science Academy, it's uh, sleepscienceacademy.com. That's where you can, you can learn a, a little bit more about our insomnia programs and, and I actually have a really cool study coming up, a float tank study, um, talking to a couple different associations, float tank association and some other people around actually seeing uh, how floating sensory deprivation affects sleep quality. So yeah, sleepscienceacademy.com on all the social platforms. Uh, and then my personal website, devinburke.com. But either one, you'll be able to connect with me there and um, be happy to connect with anyone that found value from this conversation. All right, fantastic. Well, thank you, thank you again. And until, uh, until we see each other again, have a fantastic day. Um, and we will talk soon again. Thanks again, Scott. Thanks for having me. I, I really enjoyed the, the uh, level of conversation. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Devin. Thank you so much for joining us today on this episode of the Heavily Meditated Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and share it with the people you love most. And if you want to learn more about how you can program your mind, unlock your unlimited potential, and create the life you really want, then check out the Heavily Meditated Mentorship at heavilymeditatedpodcast.com forward slash mentorship. Until next time, thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you on the next episode of the Heavily Meditated Podcast.